Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, welcome, my friends. Did you see Secretary Mayorkas? That's right, the what, Department of Homeland Security Secretary here, talking about the Ministry of Truth over the weekend. Says that the purpose of the Ministry of Truth is to prevent violence that's caused by disinformation. Well, if that is true, may I make a suggestion to Secretary Mayorkas, with all due respect, of course. How about starting by stopping the nonsense happening outside Supreme Court justices' homes? I don't want to play this soundbite off the top, but before we do that, let me tell you that our email address here is todd at toddhuffshow.com. You can send your thoughts, your questions, your feedback, and as always, I'll be accepting that adoration and praise as well. This is a clip that actually, um, I believe, was something that aired on CNN over the weekend. Over the weekend, uh, Department uh, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas was on State of the Union with, uh, who's he on here with? Who is Dana Bash. Dana Bash, CNN, CNN, fake news, all this sort of stuff. Um, talking about the ministry of truth, as we have, well, as many have adequately and appropriately defined. I mean, we are literally looking at <laughs> what the Soviet Union did. I mean, we are literally following in the footsteps of the Soviet Union. This literally can be taken out of the pages of Orwell's classic book, 1984. And we've gone gone through this. But, of course, the left, it's amazing how much traction they can get with the way that they talk about things, the way that they define things, of course, erroneously, incorrectly, um, not seriously, all those sorts of things. But I want you to listen to this. This is Dana Bash having... We're going to get into this stuff happening at the Supreme Court justices' home. We're going to look. Um, we're going to look at uh, just what's happening with the case. What I think this this means. Um, the Biden administration has come out the, the, because of some polling, in my estimation, to actually finally say that they don't agree with some of this stuff going on. But anyway, let's start here because we're told we're told that this Ministry of Truth. This is very very important. What are, what are they actually calling it? The misinformation uh, czar and all this stuff. This, by the way, the leader of that that uh, committee or group is guilty of peddling more disinformation than arguably anyone in the world regarding the proven Trump Russian collusion hoax conspiracy theory. So this stuff just writes itself. I just sit back and 
You don't have to do any, I mean, just, just tell the story. And this is remarkable nonsense that we're exposed to every day. But I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to my orcas try to redefine the way that you, the way that I, the way that we think about this disinformation governance board. Of course, that's, that sounds so official. It sounds so appropriate. I mean, after all, we don't want people being told lies in this country. So what better, and this is how some people think, what better way to ensure that no one hears lies than to make sure we have some government panel, probably a blue ribbon commission here, getting to the bottom of everything, making sure we understand what truth is. And people just, not way too many, swallow this crap hook, line, and sinker. But I want you to listen to this exchange <laughs> because this is literally, this was, this was a conversation over the weekend, but this is literally happening as people are trying to intimidate Supreme Court justices of the United States to change their vote on a case that would ultimately, potentially, mean the end of Roe v. Wade and the Casey case. So this is happening as we really have violence building up, just an eruption of potential violence outside these justices' homes, right? These justices' homes, who these, these addresses were made public. They were doxxed by a group called Ruth Sent Us. Don't even get me started on that. But Ruth sent us, they've doxed the, the addresses of the six so-called conservative justices. And the disinformation, I guess, is that these Supreme Court justices can codify Roe v. Wade. They cannot do that. They can only rule on cases. They don't make law. The disinformation is perhaps thinking that Supreme Court just, Chief Justice John Roberts is actually one of the individuals who is siding with the majority in this case based upon the draft opinion that was leaked. By the way, did you see NPR? NPR out there is telling people that the most likely explanation for the leak is coming from a conservative. (laughs) A conservative. This is, I mean, completely insane. These people, these radical leftists, they, they don't have a lick of sense. This is all smoke and mirrors. They have opened up just, they have unleashed metaphorical hell in this country in so many ways. And of course, they don't want to take responsibility. They've created new things that are Soviet-type propaganda arms like the Ministry of Truth, this disinformation board, which he's on here. Secretary Mayorkas is defending this. And I'm not going to play this whole stupid conversation, but I want you to hear this thing at the beginning. I want you to hear the question, the question, and I want you to, as, as you listen to this response, just remember there are quite literally people standing outside justices of the Supreme Court of the United States trying to intimidate, threaten, whatever it takes. We have a, uh, there was a, um, a podcaster with, the Heritage Foundation, who's a, I don't know, he, he was uh, asking questions. He was performing journalistic duties on the, um, in these neighborhoods. He was actually with the groups, not with the groups, but you know, covering what was happening with these groups outside of Supreme Court justices' homes. And he said this was among the most terrifying things he has ever personally witnessed in his life, especially when the group 
got outside of Brett Kavanaugh's house, which, of course, is absolutely predictable, by the way. Of course, I mean, they have been, they have been ginned up to hate Brett Kavanaugh, and now this is another reason, another reason to do so. And this is dangerous. Someone, I pray that no one gets hurt from this, but we are tiptoeing to the edge of this. We are heading in that direction. So all this stuff is going on while Mayorkas here, Alejandro Mayorkas, director, or I should say Secretary of Homeland Security, is saying this nonsense. I wish I could almost, if we were on TV right now, I think I would play a side-by-side clip of the protesters and the things they're saying with this nonsense of this joker telling us he's there to make sure that disinformation doesn't lead to violence in the streets of the United States of America. Listen to this. Let's talk about a a different topic, which is uh, what you are calling, your department is calling the Disinformation Governance Board. Mm -hmm. You unveiled that uh, this week. Republicans are calling it Orwellian. It is. And comparing it to the Ministry of Truth in the novel 1984. Yep, Can exactly you clarify what, is, what exactly is this? What this. exactly will this disinformation governance board do? Will Help it monitor Democrats. American citizens? Dan, I'm very pleased to do so. I bet you. It, it's do clear. What? I mean, the, those criticisms are precisely the opposite of the what opposite. this small working group within the Department of What's Homeland Security of uh, will do. And um, I think we probably could have done a better job of communicating what it does and does not do. I'm going to pause this. I'm going to pause this stupid stuff. So this is what, this is, first of all, let me, let me begin by saying, you know, just, just thank you for giving me the chance. We've miscommunicated this, man. We just, we went out there and we didn't realize how the evil Republicans and talk radio were going to malign us and misrepresent that we're just trying to do our job. You know, this is, we didn't communicate this clearly, right? I mean, I don't know that this guy knew what the book 1984 was until this, all the shenanigans um, that, that have come from, well, from his shenanigans, all the things that have, have come from this. Uh, this. This is, I don't know that he knew. Maybe he didn't know who George Orwell was. I don't know, maybe. Uh, but he acts a little deer in the headlights here. And by the way, let me say this. I've said this about Mayorkas before. Mayorkas is weak where a lot of other of the members of the radical left are strong. There are, and, and I don't mean, how do I want to say this? I don't mean in some true sense. I mean in some sense of posturing. The radical left, the, 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 the most effective members of the radical left, they engage in insanity, but they sell it. They, go so, they are willing to, to deny any truth. They are willing to stand up and defend any lie, whatever it takes. And this comes off because of, I, I mean, they, they, those behaviors, the way of, that they deal with this stuff, comes off to a lot of people who don't, just don't, I don't think, know any better. Just, wow, they, they seem confident. <laughs> they seem confident that there's 58 genders or whatever it is. They seem confident that Roe versus Wade is how they're telling us that it should be interpreted. They're telling us, for example, they seem confident that repealing Roe versus Wade would make abortion illegal in the United States. That's not true. It would send it back to the states. We absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt that some states would 
uh, I don't want to say defend the right to an abortion because that's an erroneous way of saying it, but but they would defend a person's, a woman. Well, I don't even know if we can. Now we're back on to recognizing gender again, so I guess we can say a woman's right to choose, and men can't have babies again. I guess if there's one thing that came out of this that's actually good, it's that realization. The realization that, you know, what do they say? People without uteruses shouldn't have opinions on this or whatever else. But, you know, five minutes ago, politically speaking, uh, there was no differences in gender. And if someone was born a male and thought he was female or felt this or had questions about gender, then they could be female. Now they suddenly can't be. So I don't know if that makes the abortion lobby anti-transgender or transphobic. I think if you follow the logic, that would be the only conclusion that we could draw. But then again, logic and the left do not walk anywhere near one another. Uh, They're antithetical to one another. But Mayorkas doesn't sell it. Mayorkas, I mean, his body, you can't see the video now. He almost looks a little bit embarrassed. Like, what am I even saying? I'm out here on CNN, which granted, there's probably 47 people watching, number one. So that's not too big of a deal. I can't. If I mess this up, no one's going to notice anyway. It's probably what he's thinking. Number two, um, you know, the people that are watching have been subjected to years of phony, actual misinformation, lies, fake news. So I can probably get away with it there as well. So there's no risk. But he's still, even, even knowing that, he can't sell this. He just can't. I think about the people who can. I think about uh, the Bernie Sanders um, the AOCs. I'm not even saying that it, it, it's not logical, but they, they just, they either truly believe it or they have completely removed logic 100% and just say words that they think will help them politically without considering what those words actually mean because they actually move down this path of t- to Crazyville without, without stopping or even slowing down one bit. Mayorkas can't can't do that but yet he starts with he starts he starts by saying you know i think we've not communicated clearly because if people understood what this board did right which is the opposite of what you said what's the opposite of being a propaganda uh you know ministry of truth what's the opposite of that ironically ironically if you read the book 1984 orwell says orwell says that what these ministries, what these departments of the government actually tell you they are, they're actually the opposite. So in a sense, he's kind of making Orwell's point. I mean, it is, it is laughable for someone who, who pays attention to this, who understands what, the, what 1984 is, who understands the Ministry of Information and Disinformation Governance Board and the way that the left typically handles everything, which, which always comes back. I remember Nancy Pelosi years ago. Years ago, she was, well, it was after, after they got shellacked in one of the midterm elections or some such thing. And she came out and said, you know, it's, you know, we, we just have problems communicating our ideas. People don't realize how good of a job, how good of a job we're doing. Give me a break. And if they lose the midterms, which God, well, I hope and pray that they do. In fact, as one of the things I was thinking about as, as I started the program today. A radical leftist, based on what we've seen these past, what is it, 18 months or it seems like 18 years with them at the helm, but these past 18 months, roughly, whatever it is, 16 months, they should, they have 
disqualified, disqualified themselves from ever, ever being remotely in control of anything ever again, right? They, people should remember this. this. This is the sort of thing that we should tell our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren if we have the blessing of having those youngsters in our lives. This is the sort of thing that should destroy a, a, a worldview and ideology. People should not want to be within a million political miles of a group like this. It is, <laughs> it, it is obviously destructive, destructive economically, destructive socially, destructive uh, morally, destructive in every measurable and conceivable way. And this guy, this Secretary Mayorkas, I think, I think he's got a little bit of something inside of him that, that knows this and has a hard time. He has a hard time uttering these words, as he well should. Now, he still spits them out, but he doesn't sell it the way that other folks can just, uh, I mean, just sell it without even blinking an eyelid, right? I mean, there's some people that, that sell this nonsense without even slowing down. He can't do that. And for good reason, because he knows what he's saying is absolute, utter nonsense. So there's a little bit more of this I want to play. <laughs> but it, it is, again, he's making the point that it really is 1984 by telling us that these uh, defining the, the, these terms that define his ministry of truth, his disinformation board, is actually the exact opposite. Well, that's what the 1984 book tells us that the government will tell us that's that's what that's how it's portrayed in the book 1984 in fact orwell just i'm i'm rereading the book orwell says at the very beginning of the of chapter 1 he says these things are the opposite you have the ministry of truth which is really the ministry of lies and so this guy is coming out to defend the dis- disinformation governance board which again is supposed to according to his nonsensical words that we're going to hear in this next segment prevent violence from happening based upon disinformation and lies literally as supreme court justices are being shaken down outside their homes in washington or the metro washington dc area absolutely incredible and cnn should have played those side by side those and and say hey what about this here seems to be a prime example secretary mayorkas of a place where violence seems to be imminent violence seems to be brewing what are you doing about this well nothing because actually we kind of benefit we benefit from all that emotion in the street. If he's being honest, that's what he would say. And I've got to take a quick time out. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk, my friends. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Let's get back to this Mallorca soundbite. And we're going to talk about other things uh, regarding regarding the um, all the stuff happening with Supreme Court justices, Roe v. Wade. There's other news I want to get to as well, but let's finish up this sound, uh, this this soundbite here. My work is I'm going to back this up a little bit so we can get back, um, pick up where he was. So here it is. We'll do. And um, I think we probably could have done a better job of communicating what it does and does not do. So the, the fact is mm-hmm. Look, that disinformation that creates a threat to the security of the homeland is our responsibility to address. And this department has been addressing it for years, Mm -hmm. throughout the years of the prior administration and an ongoing basis. Disinformation from Russia, China, We know the problems, but it's still not clear to me 
how this governance board will act. What, what will it do? So what it does mm-hmm. is it works to ensure that the way in which we address threats, mm-hmm. the connectivity between threats and acts of violence are addressed without infringing on free speech, Mm -hmm. protecting civil rights and civil liberties, the right of privacy. And the board, (laughs) this This working group, internal working group, will draw from best practices and communicate those best practices to the operators because the board does not have operational authority. I can't listen anymore of that. I said he looked at his notes. He did not jot or look down at his notes because I don't think he has notes, but it looked like he was looking at something. Maybe he's got one of those... Uh, little note cards that Biden <laughs> carries around sometimes. But do you believe this? They want to protect. This This is not what this is about. This is not about anything other than creating political propaganda for a party. Today's radical, well, today's Democrat party that's run by the radical left. And I've said this before. If you're a Democrat, um, an average rank and file, even liberal Democrat. Folks, I don't have... We, we have – there's a lot, I think, common ground. The, the radical left be, between conservative pe- people that love this country, I think that there's a chunk of things that a lot of Americans agree on. And then there's the radical left, which hates this country. They hate it. They have infiltrated and taken control of the Democrat Party. And I'm, I'm talking to Democrats who have tuned in here today, and I know that you're out there. I know that you're out there. I hear from some of you, and I like hearing from you. We don't have to be mortal enemies. We're not. I don't look at it that way at all. In fact, I'm going to tell you, if you listen to this program every day, in fact, you know that this is true. We have more in common, you and I, than the radicals that are currently running your party. And I get it. I'm not here to give a full defense of the Republican Party. I am not interested in that. Um. However, the Republican Party stands today, as much as I don't like to say this, as the only legitimate vehicle that the conservative movement can work within to advance conservative principles and values and so forth. Um, There's some maybe uh, examples of exceptions to that, but they're very rare. They're very – they are very rare. I – Look, I know that, and some some of you disagree with me on that. I look, I understand there's problems within within the Republican Party, and you know, I I know that some of these Republicans are simply happy about all the turmoil and chaos so that they can run a campaign. I get that, but the, the true dyed in the wool conservative that loves his country, that loves her country, is not interested in that. They're interested in actually moving the needle, and there are some folks who actually are trying to get elected or keep their seats or advance those principles, not just not just win elections and suddenly be the chair of the committee again. There are some that, that fill that, well, that, that look at it that direct, that, that perspective, from that perspective. I think that that's absurd, and I think that that's one of the biggest problems why people are disheartened when Republicans regain the majority because they simply in most cases they simply slow down the craziness or maybe even stop it in some instances they don't actually do the the heavy lifting required to reverse it and the pause button hits as republicans have control and everyone takes a deep sigh of relief thinking the radical left isn't trying to drive us off the well they're still trying but they're not able 
to move the needle because they are out of power. But then, since nothing's done, you know, to, to undo it, there's frustrations, there's still stupid things happening in government that aren't addressed. And here we go, right back into the cycle. In fact, I have a term for it. I call it prevent offense. I used to, I'm a recovering NFL fan. I used to be a huge fan of the NFL, and I do still tune in. I'm, I'm nowhere near the fan that I used to be. I used to, when I was younger, I would watch both the games, the 1 o'clock, the 4 o'clock Eastern game, and a lot of times the Sunday night, or at least part of the Sunday night game, if it didn't interfere with, you know, whatever was happening at church or some such thing. Um, and sometimes the Monday night game. I mean, I used to watch a lot of football, but not not so much anymore. But in, in football, I still watch, though. I don't want to say that I don't. That's the, That wouldn't be accurate, but not nearly as much. And I'm, I'm just turned off with a lot of things that the league does. Um, but there's, you know, one of, if, if the opponent has the ball, in the final minute or so of the first half or at the end of the game, a lot of times the defense will play what's called a prevent defense, and they will, and it's defense. So the other team has the ball. They're trying to quickly move the ball down the field, and the defense says just back way up, right? Keep everything in front of you. Don't let them have a big play, but they're giving up chunks of yardage that are 15 or 20 yards at a time. And at some point in that process, they're going to get shots at the end zone because it's way too easy. There's a lot of problems with the prevent defense, but Republicans are even worse than that. Republicans play prevent offense. So when they get the ball, the metaphorical ball, instead of actually trying to advance it, they go into a mode that says, okay, let's be so super secure here that we're not even going to try to go on offense. In fact, maybe they, maybe in this analogy, maybe they kneel the ball. You're thinking, hey, it's the opening possession. Why are you taking a knee? Why are you running the quarterback sneak? Three straight plays, right? Open up the playbook, coach, right? That's what happens. And it's maddening. And it's maddening because the truth is some of these guys, some of these ladies, uh, when they run for election or re-election, they want the issue to run on, but they don't want to fix it. They don't want to do the heavy lifting. They don't want to be. They don't want to step in, into that line of fire. As I mean, keep in mind. I mean, I understand they're they're seeing what's happening with these justices, and they're also knowing that it's coming. I mean, if the Supreme Court does their thing, and if Congress doesn't codify or codify this, then I think you know it's gonna it's gonna intensify. And of course, Congress as well. It's gonna intensify in the election. And there's some people out there, again, that are close, and I, God forbid, but there are people that are close to justifying hurting people in positions of uh, governing power who are either not stopping or who are you know, actually making decisions or what have you that would eliminate the Roe versus Wade decision, if that is in fact where we go. And the mind will justify what the heart desires, my friends, and um, they desire vengeance, as I've said before on this program a lot, a whole lot. They, the radical left, they are, this is a central tenet. Abortion is a central tenet of their faith. So, break time. I'm, I'm a little bit long in this segment. Quick time out. Come back and shift gears a bit. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. Back here in just a minute. <laughs> Welcome back, my friends. So let's shift gears a little bit here. The White House, who at first refused to come out 
to come out and condemn these so-called protests. Which, by, by the way, these things that are happening outside the justices' homes are not protests. Protest is when you are actually going out to make your opinion known, to express your think, you know, your thoughts or feelings or whatever on an issue. Mob rule, which is what we're dealing with here, my friends. Mob rule, and, and by the way, it should be precisely the thing that Mayorkas and his little make-believe uh, ministry of tr- uh, truth should be looking into. I mean, if you want to look at, if you want to look at behavior that is a threat to our democracy as we've heard them talk about and say that you know trump and conservatives are that danger if you want to look at behavior that undermines the will of the american people or in this case in this case that undermines what the law tells the supreme court to do it's behavior like this and of course it doesn't matter the left has a license to do Whatever it is that they want to do. Now, they don't in reality, but in the world of politics, in the world of the media, they can do whatever, whatever they want. And earlier, well, I guess I should say late last week, Jen Psaki said that the Biden administration has no official position, no official, uh, official U.S. government position on where people protest. But the problem is, it turns out that doing this with... Um, outside the home of a judge actually can, in fact, be considered a crime. In fact, I'm looking here, BizPak Review, Biden DOJ accused of, quote, blatant violation of federal law over picketing of conservative justices' homes. In fact, if you look at, again, I'm not an attorney here. I don't play one on TV either. Michael Scott got hooked up with an attorney. I don't have any of that. I'm just telling you the basic word. Here it is. 18 U.S. Code 1507, picketing or parading. Um, Someone has tweeted this. Someone has tweeted this out. Um, uh, Lots of people have tweeted this out. It contends that, and I'm looking at this article in BizPack Review, contends that any protester with the intent of interfering with, obstructing, or impeding the administration of justice or with the intent of influencing any judge, juror, witness, or court officer that demonstrates or parades in in or near a court building or residence uh, occupied or used by such a judge, juror, witness, or court officer, will face a fine or imprisonment of one year. I mean, that is the law, the law that was passed by presumably a duly elected Congress, which is, of course, the extension of the will of the people. So you would say trying to overthrow a law, ignore a law, daring them to enforce a law, and then, of course, them them being the government, not enforcing it because it's not in their political advantage to have this whole situation calm down a lot um you one could make the case that that is i don't know you could say a lot of things that they're um trying to inspire i guess that's not the right word whatever whatever the word that means inspire something bad that's the one i want to use here but they want to inspire an insurrection right a violent overthrow of of government or just you know just what the government has rightfully put into place just to totally obliterate that 
and say we're not going to do that. We are going to uh, have an insurrection and and basically tell you what we're going uh, what we're going to do. There's not going to be a law that we're going to be um, that we're going to respect and we're going to effectively overthrow it. I mean, one could make that case much more strongly than they could make the case that Trump was calling for insurrection. Um, one could say that they're trying to undermine our democracy. But again, the White House, late to the game on this, and I'm, they're not late to the game. I mean, they are in, in one sense. But they released a statement uh, yesterday. Yeah. Was it even a statement? I think it was a tweet. I don't even know if it was a full. Surely there was a statement associated with this. Jen Psaki uh, actually took the time to tweet out here. Well, now I'm seeing that the tweet's gone. But uh, the tweet, the original tweet from Press Secretary Jen Psaki says uh, President Biden strongly believes in the constitutional right to protest, but that should never include violence, threats, or vandalism. Kudos, by the way, for recognizing that. Judges perform an in- – she must have heard, by the way, our little bit on when a protest becomes a riot because this is exactly what we're talking about. She continues in her tweet, judges perform an incredibly important function in our society, and they must be able to do their jobs without concern for their personal safety. Well, obviously, I just am shocked and thrilled to hear that you actually are now on record as saying that when just a few days ago you wouldn't uh, take any actual position on judges, justices, having their homes uh, be the target of these radical, radical protesters and i'll tell you why this is the case and i'm gonna take another break here this is the case because because here here it is washington examiner um cites a poll it's the only well i think it's the only poll that exists at this particular point i'm going for my so first congressional poll since the row leak shows a record Republican advantage. This is it. They've seen this poll. This was a CNN poll, I believe. Um, I'm looking for confirmation of that in this in this story. This is a story in the Washington Examiner. Um, but it, before, before the Roe decision was leaked, before it was leaked, Democrats had a, or Republicans had a plus one. I'm trying to find this. Yeah, it's a CNN poll. Uh, Democrats, or Republicans, excuse me, had a one-point advantage. One-point advantage three days before the leak. After the leak, CNN did another poll between May 3rd and May 5th. The Republican lead suddenly increased to a seven-point advantage. The largest, folks, the largest GOP advantage in the history of CNN's generic ballot poll. The largest, again, I'm looking at this article here in the Washington Examiner, the largest in history. I am telling you, we have, in, we have an election that we got to go out and vote, and there's, it's not a foregone conclusion. But the votes are there for there to be massive, historic Republican victories if folks see this thing through and get to the polls and vote these jokers and the shenanigan makers out of office. So, Quick timeout is in order, but that's why. That's why they've suddenly come out and changed their tune. They thought, oh my goodness, we just took it on the metaphorical chin. We don't have we don't have any more, the left would say, the Democrat Party. We have no more votes that we can give up because we're gonna literally, we're gonna not have anybody get away. <laughs> that, that's hyperbole. I don't mean that literally. But they're looking around and they're thinking any contested seat at this point 
is almost a Republican, uh, a favored Republican victory. Again, that's just predicted. Things, <laughs> votes have to be cast. And of course, that opens up a whole other can of worms I don't want to get into today. But anyway, quick timeouts in order, my friends. Sit tight. Back in just a minute. <laughs> my friends. And so not only did the Biden administration just, well, I none of this stuff is, is accidental. I mean, it's not just that they suddenly realize that this isn't an acceptable form of behavior. They, they realize that they're paying the p- political consequence for this. Seven points. It goes from a one-point generic ballot advantage for the Republicans to seven points in, what is it, a week or whatever it was, a week or two. One on the side, you know, on the side of the row leak before it happened, the other poll on the backside. And that was even before all this other nonsensical protesting junk was happening. Democrats, look, they, 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 the radical left, they're not, they're not stupid. They're not, they're crazy. Things that they want to implement, their worldviews completely, I mean, just indefensible. But they're not stupid. They they understand when it's time to try to change the narrative, and that's that's what this is. It's no more complicated than that. And there's actually, but not every radical leftist gets the memo. Not every radical leftist is really, you know, understands it or follows it to that level. In fact, there's um, this lady named Caroline Riley, a so-called reporter for Rewire News Group, who's actually. Um, on Twitter calling for more of this. She wants to see more intimidation, more shakedowns, more anti-democratic behavior, more insurrection type behavior. That's the way I, that's that's how they would describe it if Republican if conservatives were behaving like this. A fire actually what she wants to see more is there's a fire, arson. Arson attack on Wisconsin Family Action WFA. There's a picture on what YouTube or Twitter and she she tweets out more of this. May these people never know a moment of peace or safety until they get till they rot in the ground. And she's a journalist. <laughs> See, I heard this. These people, this is morally bankrupt to its core. She should not be taken seriously. No one should read her stuff and think, wow, she's a very fair-minded reporter. She is a venomous, venomous um, radical leftist. And they've exposed themselves. We can see their true colors when, they, when again, a pillar of their faith is under assault, being abortion. Quick time out, my friends. Back in a minute. Unfortunately, folks, a couple of things here. We've reached the end of this program. Not only that, uh, we've – unfortunately, I don't think we've reached the – end of the craziness that we're about to embark upon here as we continue this well all the consequences and just ramifications of what's going to happen here in this row versus wade and just all the politics and the things to come so plenty of things to discuss there's a lot of things i didn't get to today but just didn't have enough time but appreciate folks listening as always have a great day see you tomorrow sdg 